The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. It's time now for the Bob Melvin Show, presented by Nest Betting. The three-time manager of the year sits down with Chris Townsend, exclusively on A's Cast. Visit nestbetting.com today. Here now is Chris Townsend. And there he is, the skipper, Bob Melvin. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? We miss you. Well, I miss you guys. I miss being on. I miss baseball. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, we were just talking about the draft and, you know, how funny it was years ago, how there was like unlimited rounds. And then we were talking about you getting picked by the Tigers, but you were in like a, a different draft. Right. Uh I was drafted in, in the, in the regular draft out of high school back then you could go to college and you could, you could leave or drop out and, and enroll in a JC and then get into the winter phase of the draft. So uh, that's what I did. You could no longer do that. Um, but it was a little different back then. Yeah. And I think about you going to the Tigers and you vaulted through the system and then all of a sudden, you're with, like, the most grizzled veterans. You know, you, you show up after they win the World Series, truly one of the great teams of all time. Uh, the Tigers went 35-5 and five in 1984 and then won the World Series against the Padres under Sparky Anderson. Yeah, that experience as a young guy, and you come up and you got those veteran guys, must have been scary. It was. I mean, it was in the long run, it was great for me, but my first game – was literally an out-of-body experience. I didn't know if I was going to be able to catch the first pitch that was thrown to me. I didn't, I, I mean, there was just, you really kind of stepped out of your body and said, is this really happening? And when you're playing with the likes of Kirk Gibson and Lance Parrish and Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker and Chet Lemon and all those guys in the lineup, uh, it, it certainly gets your attention. I think the baseball gods were looking out for me. I got a couple hits and scored a run. We won. So it was a great day. I went back to my hotel room that night and I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. So yeah, that was quite a team to break in with. Yeah. Jack, we had the hall of famer, Jack Morris on the show and he came down to where our little set is on the field in Oakland. And Cody says he's still scared of Jack Morris. I'm still scared of Jack Morris and I know him really well. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll give you a quick one with Jack Morris. The first, first time I caught him, uh, was in Tiger Stadium, and Jack Percani led off the game, and he bunted down the third baseline. Our third baseman threw it away down the right field line. The right fielder went and got it and threw it away to third. He came all the way around to score like a, a Little League home run. First guy of the game. Umpire gives me the ball. I toss it back to Jack, and he barehands it. And I'm like, oh, God, this is great. Can someone get me out of here? Next thing I know, he pitched eight innings, gave up only the one run. We ended up winning the game, but – that was my indoctrination of Jack Morris. So I, I see how Cody feels for sure. Did you know he learned the split finger at the Coliseum? I did not know that, but I knew when, when you were catching him, uh, the, the, his split finger could start out head high and, and end up in the dirt. So it, it really was a true fork ball. He had really wide fingers, and this thing dropped off the table. But uh, that's news to me about the Coliseum. So I'm looking at your catchers, all right? So you got Sean Murphy, you got Austin Allen, now you got Tyler Soderstrom. It's like it's like you got linebackers now. It's like you got a linebacking core, like you're running a 3-4 defense. Yeah, no kidding. And it's, you know, it's become a completely different position. It's actually, uh, coincidentally, uh, Jack 
uh, excuse me, Lance Parrish was the first really big athletic catcher uh, that could do it all and, and uh, you know, was, was, was big and athletic and the whole bit. So uh, the, the position is, is kind of morphed into a different type talent, so to speak, behind the plate. And we're going to have Tyler later on here in the program, the number one pick for the A's. Uh, we had his dad on yesterday. Uh, I mean, he, he is an offensive catcher, and everybody loves his bat. Yeah, I hear that, and I hear he can play multiple positions and, you know, potentially, uh, you know, where does he play? Let's, let's keep him behind the plate, in my opinion, for now. I mean, you get that kind of talent uh, that can, can swing the bat and, and is athletic and, and can catch. I'd, I, I'd like to get my hands on him, that's for sure. Well, I just think about versatility, and I, I think about two of the guys that you have that you utilize so much. You, you know, Mark, Mark Canna came over as a Rule 5 guy. We had no clue what position. You know, with that first base DH, uh, Chad Pender's a shortstop. Next thing you know, you guys, you got these guys out in center field, right field. I mean, versatility for you is so big, and one of the main reasons why, Bob, is because you got so many pitchers. Right. And, and, you know, it, it's the way the game's gone. You know, it used to be uh, if, if you were known to be versatile, it meant you weren't very good at one position and, and they needed to move you around a little bit to hide you um, or to give somebody a day off. But nowadays it plays. And I know certain organizations are looking for versatility uh, from everybody, uh, you know, coming up and who they draft and, and looking at it that way. So, um, yeah, we, we do have some versatile guys for sure. Yeah, and that's one, you know, the hallmark of the team now is a few years ago, the team wasn't very good defensively. Now, with versatility, it hasn't changed your defense. To me, I really think, you know, the 97 wins, we can talk about pitching, we talk about home runs. I really I really think back-to-back years, your, your biggest strength is your defense. Well, and that's, that's when we turned the corner. You know, we were not a very good defensive team. And the psychology that can really, really play on a team over 162 games. It certainly does the pitchers, too. They try to pitch a little bit differently. But not only are we versatile and are we good defensively, we have some guys that have, have transitioned in some different positions that ended up being really good defensively. I mean, who to think that Chad Pender ended up being an outfielder and as good as he is in the outfield, Mark Canna playing center field and first base, like you said, and, and uh, you know, to, to keep – the defense as good as it is and have guys that play in different positions means not only these guys talented, but they work hard uh, to be good defensively and they take it seriously. You know, it's so rare back when you were playing that a guy could really hump it up to like a hundred miles an hour. And we know you owned Randy Johnson. Uh, we, we, I defended you on that article. They had some other guy. I'm like, Bob Melvin. That's terrible. I mean, that's my claim to fame for crying out loud. They can't give me a little bit of, little bit of do there. I, anyway, go ahead. Well, wait, you know what? I believe you told me the story that you're in Arizona, Randy Johnson. I don't know if it was MLB network or ESPN. There's this stat about how you did against them. And he came in to talk to you about it. Yeah, not only – yeah, it was game two of the World Series. So Randy Velarde uh, played first base instead of Tina Martinez. It was kind of a big deal because it was against Randy, but they, they showed uh, uh, Randy's Velarde's numbers against RJ uh, that day, and I guess he was watching it. I think it was ESPN. And Randy Johnson, to, to, to speak to him on pitch day, let alone the first World Series game that he ever pitched, he came in the coach's office and he scowled at me and he goes, did you know you hit me like that? 
I said, yeah, you kept me in the big leagues for 10 years. And I thought I saw a smile on his face. He turned around and walked out and ended up going out and pitching a shutout. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So we, so everybody's been doing a deep dive, right? And uh, hopefully we're going to start getting into the uh, 1989 team. We, we did 72, 73, 74. But uh, in Arizona, of course, they've been going over that World Series and truly one of the great World Series of all time. I know you've been a part of those specials. Just how much fun has it been going back and reliving, beating the New York Yankees in Game 7? Because that World Series, the games at Yankee Stadium, where they got the best of you guys. I mean, it was wild. It was one of the best series of all time. And then added into it what happened, 9-1-1, and us going into New York shortly thereafter, the games that we had there. I was actually watching Game 4 last night. And I watched it all the way until the ninth inning with the runner on. And when right before Tino went deep to, to tie the game off, young, young Kim, I turned it off just before that. But uh, yeah, to be able to watch those games and man, it was so significant at the time. And it, it felt like we were a, a big release for the nation and, you know, similar to hopefully what we could do here once we get going. But to do it, and, and based on what went on in New York, the games that happened there, games that happened at our place, and us winning in seven, very few World Series had that kind of drama. You know, we just recently had the big Marine on, Matt Williams from South Korea. And I think about Bob Brenly. We've talked to him about this. We've talked to Luis Gonzalez about this. Man, after you guys won that World Series, what a close group you guys are still are. That is the players. Yeah, it's what we want to do here. It's it's a fraternity, a world championship fraternity that, that just you remain close over the years. And that's exactly right. You know, I was just a coach on that staff. But but, uh, you know, everybody remembers everybody. Um, you know, you, you, you just have that special bond. You haven't seen somebody in a couple of years. You haven't talked to them. You see them. And it, it's like old times. That was a real special group of baseball players, too, on top of it. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the things that's so cool about that group is you were so veteran laden, you know, when you're thinking about Matt Williams and, and you're thinking about all, you know, Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling and Luis Mark Grace. Yeah. Grace. I mean, that, you know, for them, they, they all had great careers. They made a lot of money, but, but they finally got that ring. And that's what we talked about from day one of spring training is this group has come together for the one thing that nobody here has, you know, Craig council did with uh, the Marlins a couple of years previous to that but everybody was there for one reason and, and we talked about it all year and when it gets in there that deep and you believe that hard and you really believe that this group is to come together for a reason no matter what kind of slumps we went through during the course of the season we never lost sight of the fact that we felt like we were going we knew we were going to win the world series and it ended up playing out that way so uh you know all those guys are you know hold special places in your heart uh, and will for the rest of your life. I'm glad you put it that way, because when I used to do the Raiders pregame show with Bill Romanowski, who won four Super Bowls, he was always mad that, you know, people would say, hey, we just got to win the division. He goes, no, because once you've won the division, what next? You've accomplished your your goal has to be the World Series. It has to be the Super Bowl. How do you implement that now with your guys with the A? Well, it's, it's you know, to, to, for the mindset, it's it's – it's easy based on the last couple of years, you know, we won 97, two game, two years in a row. And we, we didn't get it done in the postseason. So that's the unfinished business. And that's what everybody, that's what we talked about day one in spring training. Uh, 
I said that. I said we what our next our calling here is win World Series. I mean, that's that's the next step for us, not to just get to the postseason, win a series or whatever. If we're, we're not thinking about winning the World Series, then we're selling ourselves short or we're going to have to rethink our, our goals as the season goes along. But we've done enough to say, hey, look, you know, we came to spring training this year. This is definitely our goal. And we weren't afraid of saying that. So I've been asking everybody, as, as, as you've been hanging out a lot at home, what's the thing Bob Melvin's been doing a deep dive on? Uh, Netflix, Hulu's, books, puzzles, games. What have you been doing? Actually, I haven't played golf in like 14 years. I had a wrist injury. And uh, I've been playing a little golf here recently and, and to the point where I'm even going out and practicing and I haven't done that in quite some time. So I've taken up golf again, which is pretty cool because I, I really liked it. And, uh, you know, obviously I've had time to do it. Now, people don't realize that back in the day you were a stick. I mean, you played in the AT&T at Pebble Beach. You were like you were. Were you a one or were you scratch? Well, I was scratch. I was actually a plus two at one point in time, but it was more course of the course rating. If your course rating 76 from the back tees and you're shooting 75, you're a plus one. So it was more had to do with the with the course rating. It was more I, I didn't get into the into the ATT, but I, I played here in the, uh, the, the Phoenix Pro-Am. I played in the Tucson Pro-Am. I uh, wasn't lucky enough to get into the AT&T, but who knows, somewhere down the road uh, when I'm done doing this, if I continue to play a little golf, it might be something I try to get into. But you did play Pebble with Robin Yao. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, that, was the, that was the MLB World Series of golf. Yeah, we went, came down. There were four guys. It was a shootout. The best scores played one, two, three, 17, and 18. There were four guys left on 18 at Pebble Beach. Everybody was following the last four guys in the shootout. And the sun was going down. There was a gallery around you. Everybody's walking down 18. It's it pretty cool. And isn't that the famous one iron from, from, from Bob? Yeah, 234. I hit, I hit a really good drive. It actually hit it a little farther left than I wanted to. And I was kind of in go or no-go territory. And that's when the big tree was still in the bunker. So I hit a one iron. I didn't really want to, I didn't want to pull it. That's for sure. Cause I didn't want to hit it in the water. Um, and left it a little, just a little bit short, right. And it was like, okay, I just got to take faith that the tree's 90% air. And it wasn't. And it hit the tree and went back in the bunker. I got up and down, but um, a birdie won the whole. Brett Sager, Brett Saberhagen was the one who won the, the shootout that year. I, I'm with you. You know, all these years where I basically didn't have any time off, you know, going from A's, Warriors, Raiders that now that I have nothing to do, I've got my golf game going again and uh, finally going to get fitted for new clubs on the 25th. I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm going that route here pretty soon, too. It depends on how much longer we have before we play. If it's going to be a, you know, a few more weeks before we get going, I might go over to the ping place, too, and, and do that as well. Well, I can tell you one of the things we've been uh, doing here on A's Cast Live is bringing on familiar voices because we think it, it, it helps people. And obviously yours is as familiar as anybody in the uh, organization. So thank you for taking the time today. And once again, we miss you and it's great seeing you. You too. And, and I don't know how you guys do it. You keep doing what you do in, in a time that, you know, is not only difficult for baseball right now, but difficult uh, in the world and certainly our country. So uh, hats off to you guys. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing some stuff that, that means something here pretty soon because everybody misses baseball and including us, I'm sure.
God knows I need a haircut. This thing's getting out of control. Well, in Arizona, they're a little, a little more open here now. So uh, uh, if you need a haircut, you can come down here. Well, yeah, you're not used. You're not. You're not used to the summer heat like this. Uh, I've lived in Arizona for a while. It doesn't bother me. You know, the golf courses aren't as crowded, and and uh, you break a little sweat, obviously. But again, I, I mean, that's before it gets to 115 here. I'm I'm looking forward to get getting back to the Bay Area and playing some baseball. All right, be well, be safe. We'll talk soon. You got it. Thank you, guys. Always great to hear from the skipper. Now back to A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.